This is Because I Want To, December edition. Welcome to Because I Want To, where we talk about whatever it is we want to. I'm Sarah. I'm Lindsay. And welcome back. We took a week off. Yeah, no more turkey season for us. No, now it's glorious Christmas bells season. Or if you're not religious, just, you know, December. So we have a new (laughs) intro, which of course I love. I think it's brilliant. Thank you. Uh, thank you. I originally, <laughs> this is like how far down the rabbit hole I went. I did figure out how to play Carol of the Bells on a MIDI keyboard. Um, <laughs> then I have really bad meter. <laughs> so I just downloaded. What does that mean? Like version. timing? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm very not good. And like I had to play the top part separately from the bottom part and then I couldn't sync them up and it just sounded like really bad so I just found a MIDI version online and then messed around with it so you know what I think it sounds great I like that it still has kind of a spooky feel to it which is very much on brand for us (laughs) it is thank you I I appreciate your enthusiasm what are we gonna do when it's January just go back to the standard i don't know i mean my brother doesn't have anything to do and he likes to do like dubstep so maybe he can make (laughs) us like a dubstep intro (laughs) yeah let's have some like house music and like drop the beat (laughs) yes i wanted to say drop the beat in it like drop the beat and then just go oh my god that would be amazing that's all i want in the new year (laughs) along with you know getting my life back that, that too but Okay, so how are you doing? What's new? What's happening? You know, hanging in, developing a cough, uh-huh. getting tested for COVID, all the fun stuff. You got tested today. I did. It was a much more pleasant experience than the first time I got tested. Let me tell you. <laughs> Why is that? The first time I went, I went to urgent care. And I had to wait for – I had to get a rapid test because that's when I was still, like, physically going to work. Um, And I had to wait for three hours. And the guy, like, just shoved that thing up my nose. Mm. So I felt violated. Yeah. Um, And it just – it was not pleasant. Whereas today I got to do it myself. Um, It didn't hurt. Uh, I just sat in my car. It's much more pleasant. Okay. But – if you do it yourself, I question whether not just you, but in general, people do it correctly. Like, what do you have to do? You, well, I went to CVS, so this is how CVS does it. Um, you get, like, this, the thing, the Q-tip, the, what's uh-huh. the word I want here? It's the not a Q-tip. Long one, yeah. The swab. Swab, that's the word. And you put your head back and you stick it up one nostril as far as you can. And you hold it there for 15 seconds and then you swirl it around. And then you stick it as far up you can your other nostril and hold it there for 15 seconds and swirl it around. And then you put it in some saline and call it a day. Okay. Is that, like, Uh, accurate? I think so. I mean, I put it far back enough that my eyes watered, so (laughs) that that was my barometer. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I feel like I would shove it up there so far just to, like, be sure. I think... Part of it is, like, them making you hold it there, maybe to compensate for people who are wussy mm-hmm. and won't put it as far back. I don't know. I think it's just, for yourself, it's easier to get the right angle to, like, mm-hmm. put it in there. So, I don't know. Well, yeah, and you also, obviously, if you do it yourself, you're not potentially being infected by the person testing everyone else. So, I guess. Yes. Yeah, that's he important. He was just in a window. He was in a window. So when do you find out your results? Um, I don't think for a while. I think they're really backed up. So probably like three days. Okay. So I'll just be at home like I have been. It's delightful. I really don't think I have it. This is the time I get sick every year. So. Well, 
Well, you never know. And it's good to get tested just to make sure. But are you getting stir crazy being at home? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Because we're, you know, we're back to remote teaching. And I do have a lot to, like, keep busy with. Like, I've, you know me. I've developed a bunch of hobbies. <laughs> and I have, like, extra work to do that I've been doing, which I've surprisingly been enjoying. Good. Um. Yeah, it took me by surprise, friend, how much I enjoyed it once I got going. So Um, you're completely virtual now? Yep. Okay. I think that's what's happened here, too. People went back, I I think, briefly, and now they're at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they are going to reevaluate January 2nd to see if we can go back January 7th, which I don't think will happen. No. I mean, there was a period in time where I was checking the numbers every day. I don't do that anymore, but I checked them yesterday, and yeah, they're not great. Yeah, Oklahoma's worse than us. Like, we jumped. So normally in, like, this – what do we want to call it? It's not a rush in this surge. That's the word I wanted, surge. Um, Maryland has been at, like, 2,000-something, and then yesterday we just surged, like, almost to 4,000. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like that again today. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is how what it's What a time be. to be alive. Mm-hmm. Every time I hear like a commercial or anything related to the pandemic that kind of sounds like it's in a movie, it's always so weird. Like if I watch somebody in like a YouTube video who's in like the airport and you hear it over the loudspeakers, like do this and do this. Mm-hmm. It's just it's weird it's surreal it's gonna be really weird i remember december of last year is when it started happening in china so it's gonna be weird Mm -hmm. when it's like march or april here when it really exploded over here it'll be one full Mm -hmm. year coming up on it man i can't believe how long this has been going on yeah i haven't done my job like fully (laughs) completely done my job in almost a year yeah. I mean, it's weird. I think it's going to be a while, yeah. too. That's what I've been up to. I've been writing test questions and things like that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Just been working, doing the same old, same old every day. But today I got some cool ass antiques. Ooh, what'd you get? Okay, so. I got something off of Facebook Marketplace for the first time ever, which I was afraid of, like, going and showing up at, like, a murder house, but it was okay. Of course. (laughs) True fear. But I got this, like, really cool sewing table from, like, the 1920s. That's cool. We have one of those at my parents' house that was, like, my great-grandmother's. Is yours really heavy? Yeah. Well, no, it was okay because it wasn't, like, the full thing. It was just, like, a little table. Okay. That's cool. I like that. And I also got, I wanted to show you, while I was there, there was an estate sale, like, right down the street. So I went, and they had some old-ass books. Yes. So I got this book called Stoddard's New Intellectual Arithmetic, and it's from 1889. Ooh, that's cool. You know it's old because they call it arithmetic. (laughs) Like like we're British or something. Okay, here's like the creepy part. When I was going around the estate sale looking at stuff, I open up this book and it has cursive writing on the very first page that says, if my name you wish to see, turn to page 103. Oh my God, it's like an... <gasps> I, I love that people have not changed in 140 years. Right? We're exactly the same. Yeah. Exactly the same. That's oh my god, what what's the kids name? Kids wrote in textbooks, right? Like they'd be like, go oh, yeah. to this page, go to this page. And then you get to the end and be like, fuck you, or like you're a butthead. <laughs> like <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> okay, so naturally I turn to page one oh three and it says, Now my name you do not find. Shut the book and never mind. Oh, see, they are clever. It's like a little <laughs> rhyme. I I adore that. But I know this bitch's name because it's written in the beginning. It says Nettie Davis, which is such an old name. Well, can we talk about, okay, so this book is in Oklahoma. 
was and what year is it okay well she signed it she said chatsworth illinois uh-huh. And that was in November 27th. So, like, Thanksgiving. Weird, right? 1899. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And I'm trying to think of when Illinois became a state. <laughs> well, and, like, I was slipping through it, and it has, like, little <gasps> cards that people have put in. Like, old ass. Like, here's one that's, like, a cardinal, and it's a beautiful bird. Like, I don't even know. Like, a collector's card? Like, just old shit, you know? I love that. So I had That book sounds a little haunted. I <laughs> know. Haunted. <laughs> I know. Well, and then I got one other book. It's called <laughs> The Eclectic Manual of Phonography. Ooh, wait. It's, no. Is phonography when you read your head? Is that I, what that is? Isn't phonography, I thought, wasn't the phonograph, like, in My Fair Lady... When they would talk into that, it looked like a record player with a cone. Like they would talk into it and it would record them. It was basically like an early recorder. <laughs> I have no idea. But this book is from 1885. Oh, I need and to go look at some old books. Look at this haunted ass picture it has in it oh my god for everyone at home it's like a picture of a young child with a bowl cut that looks like a little doll is her name pluck january i don't understand what this card is okay it says pluck january and it says pluck is your deposit in this year's bank of time keep a good balance so that your checks of character will be honored i don't know what the fuck this means or where it came from is it a demon card that you hand in when you get to heaven like oh here's my demon thank you for letting me in i know i was like i kind of want this but am i inviting a presence into my home and there's like handwritten like calculations like in the back of it and stuff oh man i love that so yeah did some uh antiquing today unexpectedly i just randomly kind of went (laughs) i love a good antique store i really like to look at old postcards in antique stores Mm -hmm. and just like read the things that people wrote to each other right that's why i really like when people have stuck in random stuff as bookmarks and they've written Mm -hmm. like notes and stuff but Antiquing is also kind of hard for me because I like, I think the stuff is cool, but I also don't want like tchotchkes, like lots of random shit, you know? I am the exact same way. I hate a lot of, like, I hate it when someone gives me a tchotchke as a gift. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the, what do I do with this? I don't, (laughs) I don't have a place for this. I don't have random shelves in my house. I don't put things on my tables. Yeah. Like, what do you want me to do with this? So I kind of like, I want to get a bunch of stuff, but then I'm like, am I going to actually use this or is this going to sit on a shelf somewhere? Like I almost got this antique teapot, but then I was like, no. I'm proud of you, friend. Because what have you, would you have used the antique teapot or you just looked no, at the antique teapot? No, it would teapot? just be to look at. Yeah. Like books, I feel like are utilitarian. You can decorate with old books. Mm-hmm. You can read an old book. You can like use them to hold up stuff. Like, you know. Books are always justified. Both these books, I mean, if it was just the book itself, I probably wouldn't, like, buy it. But the fact that someone has, like, written in it and there's, like, Mm -hmm. stuff that had been put in the pages. I don't know. It's, like, like a story. And I'm, like, I want that. It is. It's, like, a little time capsule. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was my day today. That's the only exciting thing I did this week. (laughs) I think that's plenty exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous. I've been in this stupid house. Well, outside of my adventure to get something shoved up my nose, I get yeah. to go pick up groceries later. It's gonna be Ooh. terribly fun. I know. I can hear my dog and my cat just rumbling in the other room, and I can tell Moose is like trying to eat Bartleby because I can hear him yelping. Do you need to go help him? Is he okay? Mm, he's fine. The thing with Bartleby is, like, he doesn't fight back. Like, you have claws, bruh. You could stop her if you wanted to. (laughs) Maybe I will have to yell. I heard a little bit of a yelp. (laughs) So, anyway, 
now that I've told my dog to shut up. Um, yeah, so we are this week going to be talking about things you never knew you wanted to know, I guess. Yeah, just like random, interesting facts, I think. Yes, I'm down for this. And the first thing I wanted to talk about was that I figured out why I've been hearing voices in the morning. Okay, I was hoping that you would bring this up because I want to know. Okay, so I was watching a TikTok. Um, and a girl, a guy asked this chick, like, why do I hear like this booming sound when I'm falling asleep? And she started talking about exploding head syndrome. Yeah, I've heard of that, but you should describe it because I think it's not well known. So basically, it's like when you're like, you know, you pass different chemicals when you're falling asleep, like something's turning on and something's turning off and they basically intersect. And in some people, it just goes like, (laughs) And it makes your brain, like, misfire, essentially. (laughs) So some people, like, hear, like, a really big sound. It's also kind of in the same family of, like, that feeling of falling Mm -hmm. um, or sleep paralysis, which I also get. But these are all under the, like, family of hypnagogia or hypnagogia. Um, Hypnagogic hallucinations is basically what I am experiencing, which is, like... My brain, the chemicals are going one way and the other, and they just kind of smack into each other. Um, And therefore, in that, like, half-awake state, I'm just, like, having an auditory hallucination. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, like, there's nothing you can do about it. It seems like it just is what it is. But it's nice to know that there is a reason it's happening outside of me being haunted by a fucking demon. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we talked about last time. We were like, do you have a demon? Are you welcoming it into your brain? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, it said, like, a lot of people will hear, like, um, like, the thoughts that they're thinking, but, like, physically out loud, which would freak me out. Um, Or, like, your inner voice out loud. Or, like, sometimes they'll hear music or, like, poetry um but yeah that's what's going on sometimes with the exploding head it'll sound like somebody's like crashing or something which i've had a couple times but you might hear like a phantom doorbell ring or things like that (coughs) but when this happens it's not like sleep paralysis right where you can't move or is it sleep paralysis is like a hypnagogic thing that happens But like when you experience it are you paralyzed no you're I'm just, just like waking up. You're in okay. I, mm-hmm. So basically, you're in a weird in between between being awake and being asleep, mm-hmm. and you're not and usually, possessed. Yeah. No, I just <laughs> my brain news. is being a dickhead. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously. Uh, I'm glad I don't get like the huge crash and bangs though. Like that's maybe happened to me like once. Yeah, I've heard of those, and those sound, like, really scary because people will – it sounds like an explosion happening, like, in your head. Brains are weird, man. They really are. Dickheads. Well, I'm glad I'm not going crazy. <laughs> well, okay, since we're talking about, like, sleeping stuff, um, I think last time we talked, we I said I wanted to do, like, a dream journal – Did you start one? Okay. I haven't been doing it consistently, but I've been kind of doing it. And I've been remembering more of my dreams. And I had like kind of a weird experience in one. Okay. Do share. Okay. So I know a lot of people have these recurring dreams about teeth. And I'm one of them. Mm -hmm. Where like. Interesting. You either dream that like, for me, I dream that my teeth are like becoming loose. And I like they're falling out or they're crumbling in my mouth and I'm like spitting out like parts of my teeth or whatever. It's so interesting. I've never had a teeth dream. Really? Not that I remember. So yeah, those are recurring dreams for me, but I had one recently since we had our last podcast and in my dream, there was some kind of authority figure and my teeth were crumbling and I was spitting out pieces of them and the thor- I know it's gross, right? The authority figure, I forget like what it was exactly, told me in my dream, you know this isn't actually happening, right? Ooh. <laughs> so was then- that your consciousness being like, yo, bro? Okay. So when he said that, 
I went, oh, it's not? And they're like, no. And I went, okay. So, and this is literally what I said in my dream. I was like, so what you're saying is my teeth are actually fine. And this is just a manifestation of anxiety. Oh my God. <laughs> Literally, that's what I said. And the authority figure in my dream said, yes. You have a very <laughs> like self-aware consciousness. Yes. So I think I was literally talking to my subconscious and they were. Yo, <laughs> that's so weird. Right? I. It's not even like I could get like the thing being like, this isn't real, you know? But uh-huh. being like, it's a manifestation of anxiety is like, that's weirdly self-aware, even though I know we are self-aware. Uh-huh. But but literally, mm, that's like, imagine your teeth are crumbling in your mouth right now and you realize, oh, that's not real, even though like it feels real, but it's not. So it's like a really strange moment that I've not had in a dream before. <laughs> yeah, but that's blowing my mind a little bit. I tried, I looked up how to lucid dream and it said to like, just basically tell yourself you're going to do it before you went to bed. So uh-huh. I tried that. I, I did not. I don't know. Maybe I just take too many drugs to sleep that I can do it. <laughs> so I think I'm going to keep going down this path. See what happens. Like I said, I'm remembering more and more of my dreams. So are you just writing them down in like a book or are you putting it like in your phone? Okay, I started writing them down, but I wasn't keeping up with it. So the past couple of days, I've just been tech- like putting it in a note in my phone. And I think that's better just for consistency. Yeah, I could probably sake. like, like voice memo would probably. Oh, that's a good idea. Like really fast. And then you could just like go back to sleep. Like I have an Alexa next to my bed. I bet I could tell her to take a voice memo. Yeah, that's a good idea because I realized too, like. I woke up and I wrote down what I remembered. And then later on when I was in the shower, I like remembered more. Interesting. I almost never remember my dreams. Me neither. But I think it's like a skill you can, you know, develop. I love that. I The only dream I can remember having recently because it was like a nightmare is I keep having a dream about being trapped in this house. And it's the same house that, like, shows up, like, in multiple dreams. And I live on, like, the main floor of it. And in my dream, I consistently forget that there's a second floor until somebody's like, oh, we need to go upstairs. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a second floor to this house, but I don't go up there. Uh And then it's, like, the dream (laughs) is just, like, going through the second floor of this house that's all, like, dilapidated and, like, all this old furniture and we just like have to navigate this second floor of this house that I just conveniently keep forgetting is there for whatever reason. That's interesting. And I don't want to say too much because this is like Brock, but he has like lucid dreamt before and kind of experimented with it. And he also has had like a house that he can't get into that's being guarded by someone. Interesting. Like I can't get out of my house in my Mm. dream. Hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Something to return to, perhaps. Let's not unlock yeah. anything too scary, though. <laughs> I used I used to have a recurring dream about... <laughs> this is back when my dreams were very, like, what the fuck? Uh, about a giant bumblebee chasing me, and I was on, like, a bicycle. <laughs> oh, no. Like, going as fast as I could, and a bumblebee was chasing me. I also used to have a recurring dream about building a city in the clouds in Canada. Um, and it was like in the trees or something like that. And I would swim in the, like above a road, if that makes sense. So uh-huh. I was like on a road, but I was swimming in the air and I like, people would just like pass me and be like, where are you going? And I'd be like, I'm going to Canada to build a city. <laughs> just all casual. <laughs> yeah. And then the weirdest dream I've ever had, and you'll have to tell me your weirdest dream is that... <laughs> I had a dream that I gave birth to a strawberry, like a gi- <laughs> like a giant strawberry. And I just remember in the dream, like, holding it and being like, oh, <laughs> the strawberry. Like, it was so cute. You were like, oh. Yeah. I love and that was, strawberry. like, the dream. That was a dream. Did you then eat the strawberry? 
Oh, God, I hope not. I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be really upsetting. What's the weirdest dream you've ever had? I'll have to think about it. I'll get back to you. Next episode, let's check in and I'll get back to you about like my weirdest dream and any developments that have happened. I'll try and dream journal this week. I'll like yell at Alexa and tell her to remember what I'm saying. Yeah, because I don't think it really takes that much like to start remembering more. And then people at Amazon can be entertained by my (laughs) dreams as I'm sure they'll listen because I don't trust anyone. They're going to start, it's going to be creepy because they're going to start like marketing marketing things to you based on like your subconscious desires and wishes. That would freak me out. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway. What's uh, another what is... cool thing you've learned about? Okay. So two, maybe three things. Okay. So the first thing I, as you know, because I snap you about it all the time, have been rewatching Madam Secretary. Uh-huh. Um, Lindsay gets lots of snaps when I cry about NATO because NATO <laughs> makes me cry. I don't know why. It just does. Uh, <laughs> okay. As us all, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like any scene where like multiple countries agree to do something yeah. for like the better of everyone makes me cry. Anyway, so the ambassador to Saudi Arabia on the show is a prince. And I was like, why is it that everyone I feel like who does anything in Saudi Arabia is a prince. Mm -hmm. So I looked up the royal family of Saudi Arabia and my mind was fucking blown. So there are like 15,000 members of the Saudi royal family. And I was like, 15,000? 15,000, bro. Now, and it was like, but only 2,000 of them are really powerful. And I was like, that's still such a fuck ton of people. Yeah. And here's the thing that I forgot about that they do in parts of the world, which is plural marriage. That's what I was going to ask. Are there like multiple wives and lots yeah. of children then? So the founder or the most recent founder of Saudi Arabia was Ibn Saud, thus Saudi Arabia. And he had, they think, they're not sure, 22 wives. And so he had 45 sons. 36 of them lived to adulthood. And then, of course, they all had multiple wives and multiple kids. Hmm. So it's it's unreal. I was, like, looking at this list of just all these kids and then, like, the grandkids and the great-grandkids. And it just goes on. And on and on. So it's like exponential and all of them are like princes. Is that the title? I mean, I started clicking through the names of all these like grandsons just to like see if they're referred to as like prince. And yeah. Wow. And what I think is interesting, because I mean, they're all directly related to him. Uh-huh. Um, what I think is interesting is that the Saudi throne passed from brother to brother not like father to son Hmm. so like all of the saudi kings we've had have been brothers but okay so like older brother to younger brother to youngest brother and then then would it go to the eldest son so i looked it up as to who the current heir is because it was a whole thing with him remember everybody thought he was going to be way more liberal and then it turns out fuck Mm -hmm. no he's not yeah um (laughs) But he is, I think, a son. Because it was somebody else originally, and then that went away. Um, But basically, like, the current king just chose who he wanted to be the crown prince. Um, So, but if you have that many, like, princes, it, like, doesn't even matter, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's like... I'm sorry, everyone. um, Is that Moose? Yes, she is, like so geared up i don't know what the problem is she's literally barking at nothing it's whatever no worries but like again if you have fifteen thousand princes and it doesn't even matter right if you're like i'm a prince like are they even all rich like (laughs) so it said like the most of the wealth is centralized in the top two thousand yeah but yeah it is Mm. gnarly i was like wow i also like and I guess this is on me, didn't realize that, like, Saudi Arabia hasn't been around that, mon- that long, but I guess I didn't really 
I don't know that much about the history of the current Middle East, which is on me. That's I mean, me. I don't either. I don't think most people, most Americans do. Yeah. Okay. So the current crown prince, who I think he's like in charge pretty much right now, is Mohammed bin Salman bin Abdulaziz Al Saud. He's kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. I wonder if he only has one wife. I don't know if they still... Oh, yeah, he just has the one wife. Well, that's nice. That's good, I guess. I mean, that all makes sense because I've heard things, you know, just whatever about he's like an, a Saudi prince. And I read a story one time about a Saudi prince who like married a, I think she was like a maid in a hotel. And it just seems like there's a lot of them. Yes, there there are a lot of them. Although it's it looks like, like this one, I think he married his cousin. Yeah, I've I've learned from 90 Day Fiance that um again, I'm not like super informed if it's like all Muslims or some Muslims, but yeah, they can marry their first cousins. <laughs> I just I don't care for that. He his net worth is 3 billion dollars. The like king, the crown prince. The th- Three. Okay, he's the crown prince, but he's not a king? No, I think there's still a king of Saudi Arabia. I just think he's not currently, like, really doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Salman bin Abdulaziz al-Saud. Does that mean, like, of Saudi? Wow. Well, oh my god, my dogs. But yeah, that's what I've learned this week about Saudi Arabia. Interesting. Okay. So for our episode, I have this book I've had for a while called The Book of General Ignorance. Love that. It's by John Lloyd and John Mitchinson. And I've had it for a while. And it's basically all things you think you know the answer to, but you're actually wrong. Ooh, hit me with some. Let's see if I'm well informed or not. <laughs> I know. Some of these things I picked from here just because they like related to you. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, Superb. But not this first one. But okay. So my first one is how many senses does a human being have? Do you think? Six. In school, we always learned five, right? Yeah. It's probably like 10. What do you think they are? Okay. So there's, okay. I mean, this is like, how do you define sense? Okay. So there's touch, touch, taste, smell, hearing. What's, what's the one I'm missing? Sight, seeing. (laughs) And then. (laughs) The biggest And then you, but then you can like, like you can take it down. Like there's a sixth sense of like someone watching you. There's Uh like hot, cold. Like, you can discern hot, cold. There's dry, wet. Like, yeah. if you want to break down, like, touch into all those categories, then. Okay. You know. Like, exactly. I can see color. So, <laughs> this says there are at least nine. But, so you have the five that we talked about. And there are four more commonly agreed senses. One is thermoception, the sense of heat on our skin. Yes. Okay. I'm not a complete idiot. No. Equilibrioception, our sense of balance. Okay. Nociception, the perception of pain from the skin, joints, and body organs. Interesting. Yeah, I guess not everything has that. Um, Proprioception or body awareness. This is the unconscious knowledge of where our body parts are without being able to feel or see them. So, like, you close your eyes and you waggle your foot in the air. Oh, so I guess that's, like, what fucks you up when you lose a limb, then. Mm-hmm. So, this says that, you know, like, everyone has different opinions about how many senses there actually are. Some people argue there are up to 21. What about, like, hunger or thirst? Like, you were saying, like, what really defines mm-hmm. a sense? Or the sense of electricity or when, like, your hair stands on end? Because mm-hmm. we definitely have like a sixth sense, like that For danger sure. sense. We definitely have that. Yeah. 
So there's no like clear answer, but this says at least nine. All right. I I think it's all a matter of how you're defining sense, but I'm down for that, especially the balance one. I think the balance one is a. Yeah. Well, and when you're a kid, I feel that's when you learn about the senses. So they probably have to really mm-hmm. simplify it to what you can really understand. Agreed. Okay. Hit me with another one. I like this game. Okay. Let's see. Okay. What's the name of the tallest mountain in the world? I mean, are we talking from sea level or are we talking? That's what that's what gets you, right? That's if it's the at, whole like, point. Sea level. Yeah. Uh, I think if it's, I mean, they're technically, I don't know. I want to say Mount, like, but it's not probably. I don't know then. That's my answer. <laughs> I don't know because it's not Mount Everest. I know it's not. So Mount Everest is technically the highest, which means you measure it from sea level to summit. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about tallest, that means you measure from the bottom of the mountain to the top. So meaning like from the tectonic plate. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about the tallest, it's, I don't know how you say this, Mauna Kea, the highest point on the island of Hawaii. Well, that makes sense because Hawaii is a volcanic island. So it is like under the water. Right. To like the Earth's plate. Yeah. So that one if you measure it from seabed to its summit, it's about three quarters of a mile taller than Mount Everest. Pedantics, pedantics. They I should know. call this the big book of pedantics. Some of them are kind of like that. So I was going through it and trying to pick ones that weren't too, like, I don't know, choosy about the word choice. But that one I thought was interesting because I never, like, thought about that before. Yeah, I think I, like, saw something similar in, like, another book where it was, like, did you know kind of thing. But I like that. Okay, so Hawaii has technically the tallest mountain, which means it's in America. So, ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. Well, yeah. I mean, like, technically, but. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to hear a funny one? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Where is this one? It's seasonal. Oh, wait. No, it's not. Oh. That's a different one. Disappointing. I mean, I could do the seasonal one. Okay. Where's all my post-it notes? Oh, my gosh. So unprepared. (laughs) I know. I was, like, taking notes. Okay. What's the word for Napoleon's most humiliating defeat? The Russian one? That's what most people would say, right? Waterloo? Isn't that that one? No, it wasn't Waterloo in England. It's the Russian one, right? When he tried to invade Russia? I don't know about that. This is about something different. (laughs) All right, hit me with it. Okay. This made me LOL. Rabbits. That's it? It says... In 1807, Napoleon was having some kind of celebration for some treaty that he'd done. And so there was a party um, and there were thousands of rabbits that were going to be released to be hunted. And Um, why? (laughs) Why are you hunting rabbits? Like, really? All right. Continue on. The party commenced. Or the party arrived, the shoot commenced, and they released all the rabbits. But by accident, they had bought tame and not wild rabbits. So the rabbits, instead of like running away like wild rabbits would do, they saw <laughs> they saw someone, a tiny man in a big hat, and thought it was a keeper bringing them their food. So they stormed Napoleon at their top speed of 35 miles per hour. <laughs> how, how big are these rabbits? I mean, I think, some rabbits are really big. I don't know. It doesn't say, but it sounds like there were a lot of them. So all these rabbits like stormed him and no one could stop them. So Napoleon was left with no other option but to run 
beating the starving animals off with his bare hands. But the rabbits did not relent and drove the emperor back to his carriage, where his underlings thrashed vainly at them with horse whips. Okay, this to me is a lesson <laughs> in why you shouldn't just hunt things for fun. Yeah. Because they will chase you down. You asshole. <laughs> you deserve that, Napoleon. You deserve to be harangued by rabbits. I thought that was funny because I'd like never heard of that before. I've never heard of that either. I like that story. Also, I just looked it up and Waterloo is in the Netherlands. Sorry, Europe. We don't learn about this aspect we of your don't. existence. We literally in school never learned about Napoleon. We I only know about Napoleon from like movies and what I may have just looked up about him. I only know about Napoleon in relation to America, which basically means like talking about the Louisiana Purchase because that's who we bought it from. I also know a little bit about him because I know like Beethoven liked him at first, but then like didn't like him. Yeah. But yeah, it's in, wow, it's in the Netherlands. Oh no, it's in what is now Belgium. So it was the Netherlands then. Now it's Belgium. All right. What you got? You want to learn about uh, the history of toilet paper? Yeah. All right. (laughs) So I don't know why I'm so into like, the history of bathrooms but like you know how like some people like get really like niche in the things they like in history Uh uh-huh i think this could be mine i think this is my niche because history it's normally like battles and like kings but like everyday stuff is just more interesting and relatable yeah and i that's the stuff i like in history i like everyday things like how do people live What was it like? But anyway. Okay, my first question to you is, who do you think actually invented toilet paper? Okay. Like, using paper to wipe your butt. Well, I have heard that, like, people used to use, like, the Sears catalog and, like, pages from books. So I want to say Americans. It was not us. It was not. We were actually very late to the game. Oh, Okay. Yes, which I was surprised, too. Um, Okay, so first off, I'm on history.com. And my favorite thing about this entire thing is, was it on this site where they called it anal hygiene? Yes, first, that's my favorite thing ever. Anal hygiene, everyone. It's important. Okay. Okay, so the I knew that for a long time what people used was like a sponge on a stick. That that was like a thing people did. Um, that's what the Romans did. Um, Didn't the Romans use like a communal sponge on a stick? Yes. Gross. You might have your own, but they did like, and there would be like a big pot thing in like the public bathroom. They just like rinse it off in. Um, but my, so this article like referenced um, a story from Seneca about a gladiator who killed himself by going into a toilet and shoving the communal sponge down his throat. And that's how he died. <gasps> what? Yes. Right? Right? But anyway, those are called torsiums. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're unsure, like, how often they got cleaned. I think they did get cleaned with, like, vinegar. But anyway, so yeah, torsium, tersoriums, I said that wrong originally, tersoriums are those sponges. Um, they think they also used, like, little pieces of ceramic called pisoy to perform cleansing. Um, I guess, like, scrub your butthole. Pieces of ceramic? Um, like, you would just scrape your ass with it. Yeah, I clicked through to try and find, like, a picture of these things. Um, but I was lazy. It did take me, if anybody wants to read it, to an article in Scientific American called Toilet Issue. Anthropologists uncover all the ways we've wiped. So if you want to read that. <laughs> That's right up our alley. <laughs> uh, it talks about it. Um, but basically, like, at one point, people would le- use, like, a rock to, like, wipe their butt. I mean. Like, you just need, like, the texture to, like, get it off. Again, I think, yeah, like think about it like you're scraping it you know yeah i mean yeah uh so they found examples of like cloth and pompeii uh or not pompeii herculaneum of people like using cloth but they think that would have been like the richest people yeah be able to afford to do that 
Um, and then it kind of diverts to China, of course. <laughs> um, so in China, they, they have found these, they call them hygiene sticks, which basically it looks like, like a spatula that you've Ooh. covered the end of it with cloth so that you can like scrub-a-dub-dub. Um, but basically, toilet paper got invented in China. So in, uh, it's not BCE, so AD or CE, common era. Uh, but basically, they were selling toilet paper. Not like we think of it. It was like sheets of paper and mm-hmm. it was like scented. Um, and you could buy like packs of them. Um, and Or you would use like old books and stuff. I guess there's a quote of a guy who's like, I only use paper from these people. I would never wipe my butt with these people. Wait, when were um, when were these papers like invented? The 14th century. Oh, okay. So a while ago. They were um, way ahead of us then. Yes. So we don't get like toilet paper in America or even like the Western world until 1857. Yeah. Like weren't we wiping with like corn cobs and stuff? Yeah. Or like, I guess just like water why or maybe we, cloth. Why do you think we were like so behind the times? Because we're, I don't know, America. <laughs> I know. mean, but China basically, at that point had had paper for 500 years and we were using corn mm-hmm. cobs. I'm sure like people who went to China were like, oh, that's uncivilized because it's the kind of shit we used to say. Yeah. Still say. Um, but I like that the first toilet paper was called medicated paper for the water closet. Do you want me to read mm-hmm. the ad to you? Yes. It says, the greatest necessity of the age. Gaiety's medicated paper for the water closet. Read and learn what is in ordinary paper. Many people have wooed their own destruction, physical and mental, by neglecting to pay attention to ordinary matters. Few people would believe that a beautiful enameled card contains a quantum of arsenic with other chemicals, which, if used to any extent, will communicate poison, That and that fatally. So I guess he's talking about, like, wiping your butt with, like, colored paper. Hmm. Um, all printing or writing papers contain either oil of vitriol, chloride of lime, potash, soda ash, white clay, lime, ultramine, or oxalic acid. While paper contains either some or all of these fearful poisons, while colored papers, excepting gaieties, which is of a pearl color and maybe as pure as snow, embodies (laughs) portions of prussiate of potash, bichromate of po- Wow. What kind of ad is this? (laughs) Like, who is stopping to read this on, like, the street? Oh, I like this line. Individuals would not put printer's ink in their mouths as one of its ingredients is lamp black, yet they have no hesitation in allowing themselves and children to lay in a plentiful crop of piles or aggravating them if they exist by applying that ink to the tenderest part of the body corporate if we accept the dye. Oh my god, this ad is too long. Like in our world of TikTok, I just can't with all that. Get to the point. <laughs> oh my gosh i wonder how much this cost do you think it was like a fancy thing only for fancy people i mean also with like lie and all that stuff that's like intense chemicals to be putting on your asshole <laughs> yeah so i guess basically they think when they started printing like magazines on glossy paper that people like couldn't use them anymore uh, that makes sense um and that's when this became like a thing so the first perforated toilet rolls were introduced in 1890 um and by 1930 toilet paper was finally manufactured splinter free (laughs) wait by what year 1930 are you serious i can you imagine wiping your butt and getting a splinter less than a hundred years ago Yo, when did we go to the moon? <laughs> 30 years after we had non-splintered toilet paper, apparently. Why? I just, sometimes I cannot <laughs> grasp what humanity placed importance on. Like, 30 years we go to the moon, but we just got regular toilet paper? It's hard to conceive of. Like, I did not know any of that. Um, what do you think? they did with like babies did they not have baby wipes 
I don't think so. Did they just this scrape like them water? with splintered paper with lye like, on you, it? <laughs> are you like scraping at your butt, like your baby's butt with corn husks? <laughs> they must have been. I am. I am. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those topics where once you delve into it, for every question you answer, there's five more. I am. Yeah. And then there's a picture of a Roman toilet, which I already knew about. Yep. Communal sponge. And I also like that Roman toilets were like, there weren't stalls or anything. You just like all sat around with each other and I can't, I can't imagine. Sometimes I really like to think about having like an outhouse (laughs) and in like the middle of like the night in like the dead of winter, you have to take a shit and you have to go outside. And it's cold and there's spiders. Like I would have been a bitch who's just shitting in her like bedpan, like whatever. I'll throw it out the window later. It's fine. I remember when we were studying abroad in England and we went to that (laughs) Roman fort and you could pay to go in. But we were like, why would we do that when we can just hop over the wall, which we did. And we went to the like bathroom area and you're like, wow, this is an ancient (laughs) bathroom I've seen in textbooks. (laughs) (laughs) And then you told me all about the sponge on a stick, which I did not know about. (laughs) Uh, for everyone who doesn't know, I went to school for ancient history, and <laughs> I just, there were a couple things in ancient history that I, like, could not get over, and one of them was bathrooms. The other was gay culture in ancient Greece. Couldn't get over it. It was so weird. Um, yeah. For so, real. Yeah. If you ever want to talk about it, it's fucked up. All right. I was about to say spooky season, but really it's merry season. It is merry season. Jolly season? live somewhere where it's jolly, happy, merry. Because if you're British, you don't say merry. Just happy. Mm, I don't like that. You know what I don't like that British people say? Let's just rant about this for a second. (laughs) When when we talked about arithmetic, it made me think about it. When they say maths. Yeah. I hate that. It's just math. Uh, I have maths today. Like, shut up. There's not more than one math. I mean, there are, but then they're like, you know, calculus, algebra. They're separate. Yeah, it's the family of math. <laughs> You're all wrong, England. Like, sometimes I'm with you with, like, some of the things you call things. Yes, Americans oversimplify things. I agree. But <laughs> come on, maths. Why is it plural? Just math. It's easier to say, too. Maths is awkward. I also don't... I don't like when they call things, um, like a shopping cart, a trolley. Hate that. In the South, they call it a buggy. I don't like that either. It is a cart for shopping. Yeah, when I was in Louisiana, people would, like, talk to me. Not often, obviously, but they would, like, refer to the buggy. And I was like, what? (laughs) That's what a horsey pulls. (laughs) You're wrong. You're all wrong except us. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, well, thank you for joining us this week. We had a lovely time. And please follow us on all the things and review us and all that stuff. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.